Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 92. So glad you're here. Hope you're doing well uh, on this beautiful, beautiful day, uh, wherever you're at. Hey, listen, uh, just a reminder, uh, I hope that you're being able to slow down a little bit uh, today, wherever you're at. You know, I think it's a really, really important part of a rhythm, a daily rhythm for you. So here's my encouragement. Uh, Sometimes today, just carve out 15 minutes, right? And sit somewhere, it, it, preferably if you're an outside person, like you, you're like a nature person, just go sit somewhere or just go drive somewhere and sit for 15 minutes and slow your breathing down and listen and take a breath. I, I, th- what, what is going on in our world right now, in our communities, in our country is really overwhelming. And a lot of times what we need to do is be able to somehow figure out what to do in all the chaos. And and the only solution, one of the only solutions I, I can really give to you is this. You need to just slow down. You need to listen to the Lord. I, I, I'm practicing it to the best of my ability every single day because I realize, wow, you know, I'm in interaction with my family all day long. I'm in interaction with neighbors and with people. And if I continue to live in massive, mass amounts of chaos and confusion, I'm just going to live that way in my life. And so uh, when I come down and I slow down, a lot of times it gives me an opportunity uh, to just really center myself in Christ, ask him for help and discernment. So maybe when you get done with this podcast, wherever you are, maybe you're on a walk or on your way to work, maybe just shut the radio off and um, just be quiet. Just listen, you know, just be still and know that he's God and, and allow him to speak to you. So I, I hope that you do that. I uh, just want to do a shout out to those of you uh, who are listening and subscribing and sharing this podcast with your friends and your family. Thank you so much. Really, really do appreciate the support. And for those who are donating on Patreon, dot com forward slash front porch confessional. Really, really appreciate it. You can go there. There's all kinds of little goodies and extras uh, if you make a donation, which is able to help make this podcast possible. So for those of you who are doing that, just want to say thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Ecclesiastes 7.3. Now, here's the thing with Ecclesiastes. If you've never read Ecclesiastes, you got to get after it. So it's a great book to read. Uh, it's written by Solomon. He's the wisest man who's ever lived. Um, he writes Proverbs. He writes the Song of Solomon. And and so, uh, but this book is just kind of full of lefts and rights and ups and downs. And so I really love it, mainly because he's trying to discern a world where God is sovereign, which means God's in control. He sees all. He knows all. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. And yet there's a lot of really difficult things that go on in the midst of that reality. And so it's him trying to work through that. You know, what do we do with a perfect, holy God and an imperfect world? You know, how do we worship him? How do we live this life? And so Solomon has um, just these great words of wisdom. And so I'm excited to, to work through Ecclesiastes 7.3. Chapter 7 happens to be one of my favorite chapters in all of Ecclesiastes. And uh, verse 3 says this, Sorrow is better than laughter. For by sadness of face, the heart 
is made glad. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. Um, I've talked about it a little bit before, but um, a year ago I was in Kenya uh, serving alongside of one of our partners called The Living Room. And we're working um, at this funeral home that they have. The Living Room has a funeral home. Living Room is a hospice that that cares for the hurting and, and the dying. And uh, they have a funeral home as a service to the community. And you just hear mourning and weeping and crying all day long. In fact, one day, I think we did six funerals. We were there and were a part of. It was so overwhelming. And I have to be honest, I just wanted to run away. I, run, I wanted to run away. It, it, it just felt so odd. It, so, it felt so uncomfortable. And all I wanted to do was run. And so that night, as I'm like wrestling through that, why is this so hard? What is going on? Uh, we happened as a team to be working through Ecclesiastes. And uh, I read this passage. And it was almost like God said, you've got this all backwards. You know, Jeff, you've grown up in a world where a full of affluence and you've grown up in a world. I mean, not that I've been rich, but I live in a very rich country. And compared to the world, I have lived a very rich life. I've had a bed. I've always had water and clothing and food on the table. Um, And somehow in the midst of all of that, you know, just have learned to kind of survive and make it in this world. And so um, as I started working through this passage, I, I, I started, you know, and I've been going through, I think I've told you that I've, gone, I've been going through counseling for the last three years. And a part of that process was really simple. I have no idea how to grieve. And that's real truth. I don't know how to grieve. I remember uh, initial conversations with my counselor about this particular idea about grieving. And, and he would talk about you, you keep what you grieve. And I, I remember saying to him, that makes no sense to me. Grieving makes no sense to me. It feels counterintuitive. It doesn't feel productive. I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to sit here and feel all the feels. You know, I have learned to live uh, quite a different life, you know, and what's really interesting for me as I've kind of learned that about myself, what I realize is I've been a pastor for 21 years. I went 15 years, 15 years of pastoral ministry, never having done or performed a funeral. And I have this feeling that as people kind of came in and they looked at the pastoral staff, that they looked at me and was like, Nah, not that guy. Not that guy. He's bubbly and bouncy, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to grieve. Or I'm not sure he's going to be able to hurt with us, to wear that burden with us. And here's the real truth. I don't think I could have. I think I probably could have faked it really good. And that's why this passage was so life-giving for me, but confrontational. I mean, that's a confrontational passage because it's literally running up against hundreds of years of a way in which we here in the States in particular have lived our lives. And for me, for most of my life, how I've lived my life. And why is that the deal? Well, It's because for me personally, I've used optimism as a crutch, a way to cope through life. But the honest truth is, 
that it was a lie. It was a lie. It looked like faith. It looked like, wow. You know, no one looks at an optimist for the most part and thinks, what a downer. Most people are like, man, that guy's full of faith and he's, he must really trust God and is living for God. And, you know, I was doing the best I could. But the reality was, is I, I didn't know how to exist in a world where there was pain and there was hurt. And so I had to make everything positive. I had to run away from pain. I had to run away from grief and just go, it's all going to work out. It's just fine. God's in control. He knows everything. Those are all true. It is true. But sometimes, many times, God works in all the time. (laughs) God works in really hard times and really difficult times. Right now, some of you are going through incredibly difficult things. Some of you have lost loved ones, or at least now. I mean, many of us know people who have died as a result of this pandemic. Many of us know people or are those people who have been out of a job, who are concerned about the next steps financially, right? So that's a real thing. Some of you are, you know, have a sickness that's outside of a pandemic. And now inside of a pandemic, you're having to deal with a sickness. Maybe it's a cancer, something. It's really, really difficult, really hard. God is working in the midst of that. But I think for me, I I just, I struggled to see that. And I always had to make it good. And I always had to make it work out. And what Solomon is trying to help awaken us to is this sorrow has this very authentic quality about it. It It allows us to realize that as hard as we work to make everything right, often, it doesn't. And it's a very humbling, humbling thing. Pain and suffering and sorrow reminds us that we are not in control. As much as we want to be in control, we are not in control. And if you can confess that out loud, maybe right now, just go, I am not in control. We cannot change this pandemic. We cannot. We cannot change the pain and suffering. I think one of the feelings of feeling small over all these years is there's so much hurt and suffering in the world. We're like, well, what would I do? Like all these studies, all these news reports right now that are coming out with the fact that there is massive, massive amounts of human trafficking going on. I was calling, I called a buddy recently in Phoenix who who runs uh, children's homes. And I said, hey, I want to fact check. Is this real? Is this real? And he said, it's absolutely real. Like, what do we do with that? I imagine Solomon looking around at all these people laughing and pretending and thinking they have it to, to have it all together and that everything's just fine. And he's like looking around and he's like, that's so, so sad. They're faking it. They're faking it. But then he looks to a grieving mother or a father and he sees that they are real and that what they're going through is real and that they're humble and they're broken. And there's something really beautiful about that because that is the breeding ground for where the spirit of the Lord awakens somebody to his strength and his power and his comfort 
and His love. But oftentimes we never allow ourselves to go to those places. We never allow ourselves to really mourn or be sorrowful or just continuing to plow through and pretend like everything's going to be fine. You know, Isaiah, um, Isaiah speaks of Jesus by saying that he is a man of sorrows. <laughs> Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is a man of sorrows. In the Beatitudes, it says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are those who feel sorrowful. Sorrowful like Jesus. Sorrowful like Jesus who weeps when, when Lazarus dies and he feels the weight of that loss for his friends. Sorrow is he's on the cross and he sees people living this fake life and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Grief in the garden when he says, take this cup from me. And he felt the betrayal of Judas fully. He was known as a man of sorrows who was rejected, who was known as a friend of sinners, a vagabond who knew what rejection felt like. And he was able to mourn and trust the Father to lead him and to guide him. On this side of eternity, there is a beauty. I want to, this is so important and I, I, I can't help but tell you, this is so personal to me. It's so deeply personal and so deeply important for you. But on this side of eternity, there is a beauty in sorrow. Because it pushes us to the one who will wipe every tear, not just in eternity, but right now. He is comforting us, but you've got to want to be comforted. And you can only really be comforted if you're willing to embrace brokenness and willing to embrace sorrow. God meets us in our pain and he will comfort us. And this is what I think is cool. Now that's something to get excited about, right? That when we are weak, that's where he's strong. Which we see in the Apostle Paul, this very strong, powerful orator, apostle for the gospel of Jesus Christ, persecuted, abused. And he finally comes to a place where he's like, oh, it's weakness that I find strength, sorrow, that I find hope. And the one and only one who can comfort and guide me in this life and in the next. Because sorrow placed in the hands of the Savior saves. So, what do you need to be sorrowful for? Feels bizarre question, but maybe, just maybe, this is the place where you start to move forward in receiving the comfort from God Almighty. Jesus, we join you in your sorrow. Comfort our hearts as we lean into yours. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you.